0: Here's Middleton, Giannis trailing the lob! Oh! Run, two on one, green the finish! Wow, the alley-oop! Ron turned the corner, inside! He made Yusuf Merkin just green Here comes Mari! Alley up to Gordon! Oh, what a play!
1: Joining me now is Walker Mel, host of Locked on Hornets. Really appreciate him covering the Charlotte Hornets for us here at the Alley Oop. Uh, and we just had some incredible timing on this particular episode as Terry Rozier just traded to the Miami Heat out of nowhere, out of the blue, right before we were going to record Walker. What a, what a fascinating deal and kind of an, an interesting timing for sure for both parties. Well, yeah, we were trying to figure out when to
0: do it. We decided Tuesday. And so I thought it was good timing for a different reason. I thought it was good timing because I would be able to discuss a win over Minnesota, not only a win, but a win over Minnesota in which Cat scored 44 points in the first half and then finished with 62. But the Timberwolves blew a big old lead trying to get Cat to 81, like clearly 81, 100. I don't know what was on the mind, but it was big numbers. And it wasn't because of CAD. It wasn't because of their win over the Timberwolves. Really, the best timing here is the fact that earlier today, Terry Rozier was traded to the Miami Heat. So you're right. What a, what a weird coincidence that we're recording here.
1: We'll start with that as the the first thing we go to, and then we'll go to that win. Obviously, yeah. Uh, Kyle Lowry and a 2027 Miami Heat first round pick it seems pretty reasonable for a guy like Terry, where you know it's it's like he could go help a contender. You get a future asset back. Kyle Lowry is probably not long for Charlotte. I'd have to imagine that it's probably a buyout situation if I had to guess. But I uh, still, think like this is a this is an interesting deal for both sides. Do you like the deal for Charlotte? Or do you think that this like that you got good value?
0: I think so. I understand the deal more than I like it. I'm still trying to figure out how to wrestle with my feelings on this, but I I do think I like it for Charlotte. I understand it. So if you go back to last off season, there were reports, not even last off season, even last season during the NBA trade deadline, there were reports that the Charlotte Hornets might move off of some salary, whether it be Gordon Hayward, who's been mentioned a lot or Terry Rozier. The problem is Terry wasn't having a great season last year And you couldn't get really anything that valuable in return. And so if you were getting something like I, it was really reported about like second round picks and Mitch Kupchak loves trading for second round picks. But (laughs) if if you're only going to get a couple second rounders, I don't know, maybe three or some whatever, right. Then you might as well just ride it out with Terry to try to put butts in the seats at the spectrum center where he is a fun player when he's on. And this year, You're seeing career highs in a lot of different categories. He's more of an efficient player. Maybe not as an efficient of of a shooter this season, but still good enough. Still taking a lot of threes. Really, really impressive inside the two-point arc. One of the better pick-and-roll ball handlers in the NBA, at least from what we've seen from an efficiency standpoint. I know NBA University tweeted that stat out maybe a couple weeks ago. And that was not Terry's strong suit. All that to say, Terry's been having a really nice season in what has been largely a forgotten year for charlotte lots of injuries and so here's terry having to play a bunch of different roles the fact that they tried to trade him last year everything that you would get in return was like second rounders so they decided to just have him come back this season and now you can get a first round pick that's lottery uh, protected in 2027 and think about this like all of the protection goes away in 2028, which is pretty crazy to me. I, if, if you if you think about how many times that you've seen unprotected first round picks dealt at all, and, and even just a 14 pick drop, right? Like the, the fact that 14 picks, okay, first we're protecting lottery style, and then it's unprotected the year after. And so, right. yeah, that's, I, I think, especially with you not having to wait that much longer to see, okay, can we hit the ultimate shebang and actually get this thing unprotected if the Heat don't make the postseason. I think the Hornets are just, they're, they're so far out in front with 2027 and 28, right? And that Jimmy Butler's contract is off the books by then, even if he is playing, he's older at that point. Tyler sure. Hero's contract, that's the one that lasts the longest from a who can still be effective and who's still going to be on their current deal. And that ends in 26 and 27. So it's going to be a different Miami Heat team. If the hornets keep this pick that long, which there's a you know great possibility they could even trade it, you know who knows but yeah I, I I like this deal. I think it's a valuable asset that they have now that they could either use so many years from now or that they could use to trade and i I think getting that kind of value for Terry Rogier, you don't have to take more money on the books. Kyle Lowry's contract is is expiring, and they're looking to trade Kyle before the deadline, and if they right. can't, then they'll buy him out, like you said, that's probably the idea. So, yeah, I, I think especially given what you could still do, I understand the deal and I do kind of like it if I'm a Charlotte Hornet fan.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. And you still got to have the long term view. And we talked about like mm-hmm. Brandon Miller, somebody we're going to talk about. LaMelo Ball still going to be under contract. Uh, there's, there's Mark Williams as well. Like th- this is still early stages of a rebuild for Charlotte and having an asset like that down the line, obviously going to be super, super helpful. In a situation where you could either use it, like you said, or you could trade it and package it for the next version of uh, help for Lamella Ball and Brandon no, Miller and guys that like is, that, right. should be should be a perfectly reasonable thing. And like we said, Jimmy Butler is going to be thirty seven when that pick comes due in twenty twenty seven or thirty eight when that pick comes due unprotected in the 2028 yeah. draft. So very, very possible that uh, Charlotte benefits from this and that Miami's handing over a pretty valuable asset. Uh but we'll see. We'll see what it looks like. Uh um, Lamello is playing again, as you mentioned. Uh this is going to be very, very interesting to see what he looks like uh as the the only point guard, the only real ball handler in the in the starting lineup and whatnot. I'm curious, what, what do you think he looks like? Uh, I know he just recently came back, and, and what are expectations for him for the rest of the year?
0: So just to stay healthy would be the first thing you want. I, this is someone that sat against Philly, so they had a back-to-back. They played on Friday, got the win the second go-around against the Spurs, And then they played that following Saturday, where LaMelo didn't play because of ankle soreness. He was actually questionable in this one, whether he would suit up or not against Minnesota, eventually did, and certainly helped them get that win. You're just hoping for no more serious ankle injuries, that if, if we can get through the rest of the year without another serious ankle injury, then that will be considered a win for Charlotte Hornets fans, especially with them trading other veterans on the squad to see if they can get future assets now it becomes about the future right because you right. quite literally made a move today that does not help you this year it helps you in the future but it doesn't help you this season and that's understandable because this is a team that's not even in the play-in tournament right now they're like six seven games behind uh the play-in tournament and i don't expect them to get there so now if you're Lamelo, really it's continuing to rehab that ankle to a point where you can be comfortable playing on back-to-back nights where your ankle is strong enough to take that and continue to work on your game one thing i like about Lamelo is that he's been really attacking the hoop this year the fact that he's even taking more shots at the rim is great he is getting to the foul line more there have been two games since his return from injury where he shot double digit attempts at the charity stripe that's not a part of Lamelo's game previously as much and we've seen that a couple of times that's great you know continuing to hit your three point shots get other guys involved and just mature as a player still being so young i think that's what you hope to see from lamelo as the year goes on and you're right if lamelo's out now you're looking at some a pretty depleted you know group of ball handlers here it's right. brandon miller stepping into that primary ball handler mode which isn't his best suit right now he's more secondary playmaker guy and i think that's why we've seen him blossom again since LaMelo came back. But now that you don't have Terry, it's pretty emergency mold. So it's Brandon Miller. It's Cody Martin in a pinch. It's Nick Smith Jr. off the bench. It's a lot of ish Smith who is, is Smith, retired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like he was about to retire. And then, you know, he comes back when Charlotte calls him and he's from here. And so that was really the only reason he was going to play again in the NBA. Yeah. It's, it's it's tough if Lamelo goes down. So you're right. I think you're just hoping for him to stay healthy and continue to
1: grow. We'll see whether he can. This is going to be. I, I mean, he he has been under the microscope in a lot of different ways. But mm-hmm. I mean, just staying healthy and and being able to work through some things on the court is going to benefit. And then maybe just having a galvanizing win like you just had over Minnesota, yeah. where it was a it was a big big deal. He didn't necessarily play all that great. I don't think, but. Uh, Brandon Miller played fantastic. Like that was a that was a really fun, interesting performance from from Brandon Miller, hitting some really really tough shots in that game. Uh, in a night where Cat had sixty two and Charlotte won anyway, just what are your takeaways from an, a night like that, and and how it can benefit a franchise?
0: Well, this fan base pretty desperately needed a win like that, yeah, and it's been tough sledding. You're talking about a win against San Antonio on Friday, where the Spurs, of course, did not sit Wimby, and you know fans were excited to go see Wimby. I, I know plenty of people that were ready for a night out at the Spectrum Center to go see the number one overall pick, generational guy, but it was announced actually two days before, and know Wimby's going to sit out this game. He's not playing. And so they win that one, but of course, it comes with the caveat of it being the worst team, one of the worst teams in the league, and they don't have their best player, so that's right. tough. The other win you can get to before that, it was against the Kings during their West Coast road trip. And before that, you have to go back to a long time. I think it was Toronto. So they needed a win in in a really desperate way. It was nice to send Terry out with a victory where he helps you again in a fourth quarter. He's been as clutch. Uh, Really, in the... I don't know. A couple of years ago, Terry Rozier was as clutch an NBA player in the NBA. He was he was, was up awesome. there with <laughs> the best players. It was crazy, and he kept yeah. doing it. It was one of those things where you expect law of averages to come back to earth, but nope. There's Terry again, right up there in, in clutch performances. And then he had a bad season last year, but the whole entire organization did with all of the injuries. So it was pretty incredible. Yeah, it, it was nice to spoil cat's sixty point performance. You come back from about twenty points eric collins gives us a couple of gems on the play-by-play i mean i love leaky oh that's a great it's a great call the fact where you just make noise when cad has taken 45 footers uh it it was it was a great win much spirited and the hornets fan base they needed it especially if you're going to trade one of their best players that they've had the last five seasons
1: tell me more about miller then because we we had our check-in initially about six seven weeks ago or so and miller was still playing pretty well about then his averages are basically about the same as they were then but i think he's still like growing he's still learning how to do things now and i think he's making some good progress some of the shots that he was making some of the shots he was attempting he just looked more comfortable doing it in in an environment like that and that's a that's a pretty impressive place to be uh what's the progress been looking like for for miller
0: uh, against the best defensive team in the nba yeah, yeah. it was you, you talk so Brandon Miller has been sensational the last three games. You look at him scoring 24, 23, 27, shooting, nice, uh, shooting uh, at a nice clip from the field. Three-point shot wasn't there against Philly, but it was, it was there enough uh, against Minnesota. And you're starting to see him play a lot better inside the three-point arc. I, I think you're starting to see him get out in transition. LaMelo Ball, as crazy as it sounds, like LaMelo Ball makes a 30-point difference offensively for this team. This is a squad that didn't get anywhere close to 120 points. And here they are putting up 128 against the best defensive team in the league. When you can barely get to like, I think the last time they did that was their West Coast road trip in December. They got to 119 against Phoenix. A lot of double-digit scoring outputs, right? So the fact that LaMelo's there, he can be your primary ball handler. Brandon Miller goes back into a better role in the offense that's suited for him. Catch and shoot. Couple of dribbles, mid-range. Let it pop if it's there, you know, kick it back out, making the right read, and now you get to see him back in that mold where I think you've seen him you know continue to play really well. I, I think Ryan like you see him uh conti- the, the shot making is what has allowed him to play through some of the mistakes because Brandon doesn't get to the rim. he's I, as far as off of the dribble goes in the half court, he's not getting to the rim. he's just not going to blow by his guy. He's not getting there with physicality, you know, still has the NBA weight training program that he has to go through for the next couple of years as he matures too. Right. Sure. But the shot making in the mid range and the three point line, that's what you have to get out on him. You have to put a hand in his face. He's a dead eye, man. And I think the other thing that we love too about Brandon is he's here for all the smoke. He early in the season against Detroit is actually one of the few, I think wins that Detroit had at the beginning. It, Brandon was there mixing it up alongside Beef Stew, right? Who we, you know, we know what kind of player Beef Stew is. It was P.J. Oh, yeah. Washington was in the mix a little bit, but Brandon went back and down. And I think you've seen him earn the respect of some of the other stars, like KD. I think Bradley Beal, Devin Booker on social media when they played Phoenix, you know, they were talking about how much they respected Brandon's game and they were kind of mixing it up on social media. But he's competitive. You know? he, he's somebody that welcomes the moment. And I think that's not going to go away. So he, he's he been incredible and I, I can't wait to see what else he's going to do. Hopefully he doesn't, hopefully we don't have to put too much on his shoulders like we did when Lamella was out, when Terry would miss some time. Cause I think that's when you started to see him really struggle, fell out of the NBA rookie ladder rankings for whatever's that, for whatever that's worth. But sure. he's there now. Like he he's there now <laughs> after the last three games, he's been magnificent.
1: Glad to see it. And you want to continue to see guys take steps forward with their games. Yeah. It's never going to be linear but always seeing guys make progress is a is a really good sign, and then it, it helps fans, I think, get very excited for the future, where you you can envision a team with Lamelo Ball and Brandon Miller, kind of like how you couldn't really envision it with with Lamelo Ball and Scoo Henderson a little bit. Just this is a little bit interesting. This is a little bit more yeah. interesting. A little bit more size and versatility that that this I think provides, and I'm. I'm I think all Hornets fans can say that they're pretty glad about the way that this went. So pretty fascinating to see a couple more things for you real quick. Uh, What's up with Mark Williams? I I saw he hasn't played since December 8th.
0: It's not great. Uh, So he's been out with a lower back contusion was out. I can pull up his game log, but he's been out a while. As you mentioned, came back, wasn't ready to go, sat back out again and hasn't played since. Steve Clifford, I, so I work at WFNZ, the radio station in Charlotte, and Mark Williams hopped on with our afternoon host, Kyle Bailey, and told Kyle, it doesn't seem like Mark Williams is close. It, every time they think he might be ramping up, it, it seems like there's some setbacks here and there, and he's just not ready to go. I've said this a couple times, too. It, it feels a little Cody martin in the sense mm. that any time that you had a checkpoint, and it felt like we were in the final stages, something would happen, and then he could never see the court. Now, Cody Martin was out all last year and the beginning of this season. So it has not been that long of an effect. It is, we are not in Cody Martin mold right now. But it, it's in the same neighborhood in the sense that we just haven't gotten good news in a long time. Every time there's an update on Mark, it's never good. It's never, yeah. oh, we expect him back in a week. We expect him to miss a couple more games, and then he should be good to go. We just haven't gotten any clarity or positivity on the Mark Williams front. I I don't know this for sure. This is just me kind of guessing. But I think we all get the idea of uh, how scared we are when big men have foot or back problems. And it feels like maybe the Hornets are trying to avoid surgery, which that hasn't been announced at all. I mean, I don't nobody's talking about it. I just it feels like they might be trying to avoid surgery. And then we'll see what can happen from there, which I completely understand. But yeah, the update on Mark is, we don't know when he's coming back. They don't know when he's coming back. And it's it's never any good news whenever they do update us on what is going on with Mark.
1: It's tough because that's the one element of this where if you have a young rebuilding team, the best thing you can do for those guys is to play them all together, get them some chemistry and understand how valuable that is for them to be on the floor and understand each other's strengths and weaknesses. So that's going to be tough. That's going to be something to monitor going forward for sure. Um, final thing I have here for you, Charlotte appears still open to other deals, open to other possibilities for more trades. You mentioned Gordon Hayward before. Wouldn't surprise me if Miles Bridges was a guy that saw some interest from other teams. Uh, do you envision them doing something else between now and the trade deadline in a couple of weeks?
0: I do, actually. So at at first it was tough. It it always made sense, right? It was almost like the tornado watch or the tornado warning. The conditions were right to see a big storm coming, or we actually have seen it. Well, now we've seen it. The conditions were right the last couple of years. Hornets not going anywhere. You have a couple of guys that are a part of your young core, but Terry Rozier and LaMelo being your starting backcourt hadn't gotten you past the play-in tournament, so it would make sense to trade him. Gordon Hayward always hurt but could go to a playoff contender, maybe come off of the bench, not play as many minutes, and be a really nice player for you. Plus, really malleable, can connect with a lot of players, just feels like he could be thrown in wherever and sure. really help you out. So it made sense, but Mitch Kupchak, they've never done anything in the middle of the season. Uh, we, we, the mantra on Lockdown Hornets is just do something. We're, we're the meme of poking Mitch Kupchak with a stick. Do something, anything. And yeah. the, the, the answer to that was trading Vernon Carey and Ish Smith for Montrez Harold with with the Washington Wizards a couple of years ago. That's Hell the yeah. biggest move. Like <laughs> the first midseason movie ever made was trading for Brad Wanamaker for cash considerations. Like this is what we're talking about, the lack of activity at the deadline for quite some time. Now you have new ownership and you're seeing a pretty big shift, a pretty visible shift in this organization's mindset and Mitch Kupchak trades Terry Rozier in exchange for a first round pick and an expiring contract in Kyle Lowry. Reports are from Woj that they're going to try to see what they can get for Kyle Lowry and others, even if it means welcoming bad contracts, as long as those are sweetened with future assets, with future draft capital. So yeah, I think we're going to see some more moves. I think, especially with, I mean, I don't know how wide open the championship is this year, but there are a lot of contenders, right? Boston, sure. the East. We know about Denver. Philadelphia looks like a lot of fun. Who knows with Milwaukee after their news just broke like a couple of hours of us recording with Adrian Griffin now fire. <laughs> it, there, there are, it's there for the taking. And yeah. so if it's there and teams feel like this is their window, then maybe some of these teams are willing to give up more if it feels like that it, another player gets them over the hump so i do feel like we're going to see a couple more moves at the deadline with what's being reported and what we already saw in that trade with miami
1: selfishly for the nuggets i want me some nick richards that dude is good he's he's super good super helpful yeah he's he stepped up
0: and he can protect and they've used him a lot the the thing now is if you're a fan of the nuggets you might want mark williams to come back too because yeah uh, because now the hornets if they trade if they trade nick then it's Nathan Minsa and God bless him, was supposed to be a part of the Greensboro Swarm this year. That yep. was it. And now it has to be thrust into this role. It's tough. But yeah, and Nick Richards, too, that's a tradable contract. Like it's, it's people have been rolling with the BMW mantra. It's Ball, Mark Williams, and Brandon Miller. And so I did that in the wrong order, but it's those three. And then maybe Nick Smith Jr., like you're not shopping them, but you would like to keep that young piece. And everybody else is on the table, and so we'll see what happens. But I do expect the Hornets to to be active.
1: Well, we will see what happens. Here's Walker Mel of Locked On Hornets and w, WFNZ Radio. Really appreciate you stopping by and sharing the insight, Mark. Let's check. Let's. Oh, Walker! God, I now see. I've got I've got the BMW in my head too. How How dare you?
0: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> we're not trading Mark yet, so we're going to try to keep him and see. But yeah, Ryan, I appreciate the time, man. And uh, yeah, we'll see what else happens down the road.